0: We have a very dry sense of humor. They called us the Dry
1: Toast. <laughs> That's just a London joke. No, I got it. It's just but, what, like most TV comedy. I don't find it funny. <laughs>
0: Hey, welcome to
1: Double Issue. I'm Daniel. And my name is Quentin Pongratz.
0: That is correct. And this is Double Issue.
1: Bwah, 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 bwah. <laughs> contest winner time. <laughs>
0: what? Air horn, air horn, air horn. That's what I did. I know. I was joining in with my own air horns. But yeah, we're doing our contest story today. And this show, usually we tell short stories, and then we do some world-building about those short stories, but today, we're letting somebody else do the hard work. Yeah. Who is our lucky winner?
1: That would be, drumroll please, the winner is Jeff Provine. Woo! Now I'll read his address out on the show. (laughs) Because he had to give it to us in order to get a pumpkin wrapper figure and some double-issue swag. Yeah. But in addition to those physical objects he won, he won probably more prestigious object, which was now his ideas are in our universe.
0: That's right. They are a part
1: of our canon. They will be after you read them. Yeah. I assume you're reading the story. But yeah, do we want to do any... I don't know a word, putzing around. Is that a word? <laughs> or do we want to jump into the story? Do we want to catch up? How long has it been since we've done an episode? Let's
0: putz a little bit. Um, Man, it
1: feels like it's been forever. But yeah, what have you been up to? Absolutely nothing. That's fair. I started reading the Culture Novels book one oh, by man. Ian M. Banks.
0: I That's... told my brother Gene, Gene Pool, that you were reading those. Mm-hmm. And... He started saying how much he loves just all of Ian Banks's stories.
1: Oh man, it's this is the first one I've reading and it's pff, blowing me away. <laughs> it's such good sci-fi
0: weirdness. <laughs> he told me there was one, I forget which group of books it is, but there was like two books and he's like, it's really important that you read these in order. And the only thing that like crosses over between the two is like, there's a piece of something from the first book in a museum. Oh. <laughs> he's like it's really gross
1: <laughs> yeah i think i'll just start making my way through all the culture books slowly because that one's really um really good so far it's kind of it feels this first one at least feels kind of episodic uh sort of similar to the hobbit hmm. that
0: reminds me that i've been reading george r, r. martin's thousand worlds series and I think it's just a bunch of short stories, but somebody put them all together in one spot. Mm-hmm. And those are pretty wild. The actual like storyline of each short stories, like I don't know, I would say somewhat thin. But the characters in the world building are just really fabulous. I don't know. There's like one whole story that's like about the underground population that uh, lives on like this dying planet, and it's like the House of the Worm. It's just so cool.
1: Hmm. Oh, I started watching Legend of Galactic Heroes. More sci-fi.
0: Oh yeah, that's that uh, really long-running like space opera, right? Yeah, it's
1: like 110 episodes in anime. So it's like, if you compared it to the runtime of Game of Thrones, it's about like three and a half seasons of Game of Thrones. So it's not that bad.
0: <laughs> but uh, Okay, but how many feasting episodes are there? I don't, I don't know yet. How much full frontal male
1: nudity is there? Zero so far. But, uh, I don't know if I can be into it. There's not <laughs> that much male nudity on Game of Thrones. Yeah, I know. If you like Game of Thrones politics stuff, uh, I think you would like Legend of Galactic
0: Heroes. I accidentally picked up, well, didn't accidentally because it had a Robot on the cover, but I picked up a book of Robotech at my school library in high school, and I was mm. so excited because it just looked really cool. And then I found out that there was a Robotech show. I was like,
1: oh my god!
0: (laughs) And the show is so different than the books. (laughs) I actually need to go back and read those at some point.
1: Let's start playing a little bit of Battletech. That new new tactics one.
0: Yeah, from Hairbrain Scheme. Yeah, it's alright so far. That just reminds me that I played a video game. I played Aliens Colonial Marines. Gross. It is a game. (laughs)
1: that's the one that was real bad right
0: it's pretty bad i think it's one of those things where they thought it was going to be a bigger hit than it was and they rushed it
1: it's also that one that like they fabricated footage right how's that i believe that's the one where they showed the showed off footage of it that was just basically false oh yeah okay there's a lawsuit against gearbox and sega yeah
0: this is an article from polygon from 2015 I was say, Sega and Plaintiff reached a $1.25 million uh, tentative agreement for people who purchased the game before February 2013. Dang. So I wanted to run through, because I like playing bad games, and I wanted to run through and just the way it was on release day. So I played through, and there's a section where they're like, if you stand still, this certain type of alien will leave you alone. They're, they're based on movement, so don't move around or make too much sound. And there was one part where they just have a bad design for an area. And I think the intention is they just kill you as soon as you land in this, like, hole. So there's no way to get back out of the hole. And so I was like, well, I'll just wait for them to go to sleep and then escape. So I left the game running for, like, 20 minutes, and they never attacked me. And then I just tried running around the room, and they didn't attack me. I was like, oh, these aliens just don't attack you. <laughs> awesome. The other big thing I did over this little bit of a break for me was watch or start watching future man Mm. on hulu and if you like sci-fi it's super good they just kind of make parodies and jokes about just about every sci-fi series ever Mm. Will should we get into story sure all right story time force of nature by jeff provine Dude Nami's initial attack on Sunshine City was stopped when Amy Dangerous punched him halfway across the Atlantic. That was June 20th, the first day of summer. It took him four days to surf back to the east coast, leaving a wake of overturned tankers and cargo ships too slow to get out of his way. Amy was nowhere to be found when Dude Nami returned. The sea pulled back from the shore, retreating into a tidal wave that carried Dude Nami's colossal board. Warning sirens blared, echoing off the shining faces of the high-rise hotels along the beach. Tourists abandoned their commemorative towels on the beach and fled to higher ground. This attack was stopped by Second Stringers, a team-up between Sandcastle and those unnervingly cold sisters, icing and frosting. At first, Sandcastle stood alone on the beach. The thunderous sound of rolling water drowned out the screaming behind him. He rolled his shoulders, spilling loose grains of his gritty body onto the soggy ground. A few fish caught in the tide pools that had been under 16 feet of water flopped desperate for breath. Sandcastle held his breath too. The bright morning went dark when Doodnami's wave blocked out the sun. Sandcastle waited until he could see the transparent blue of Dunami's eyes, watery like the rest of him. Then it would be too late for him to run. Sandcastle let out his breath and brought down his arms from his sides. The ground shook. Cracks in the sand appeared in long rows. Then the ground pushed up, creating a mile-long wall as tall as Dude Nami's wave. Sandcastle rode it upward, coming to eye level with the sinister surfer. Dude Nami just grinned. His wave crashed against Sandcastle's wall. Spray soaked Sandcastle's face. His ears were flooded with a booming din. He flexed his arms, focusing his telekinetic will through his body to hold the sand in place. Be firm, he thought to himself. Although he may have said it out loud, he couldn't be certain. He did hold firm. The roar of water eventually turned to ringing in his ears. The blinding spray subsided. When he could see again, the ocean was flat so still it was glassy. In the center, Dude Nami sat on his board. His clear face was blank. He didn't look so big from far away. Then he threw a shaka sign with his thumb and pinky and laughed. Let's do it again, bro. He jumped to his feet. The water pulled away from the shore again, grumbling and hissing. New cracks and flopping fish appeared while it piled into a growing mound under Dude Nami's board. He rose back up to face Sandcastle. Sandcastle said nothing. He only changed his footing on the Great Wall. It made cracking sounds as the sand hardened. Then a boom rang again as the water exploded against Sandcastle's wall. He tucked his head down and pushed back. Instead of one heavy turn, now Dudanami splashed against the wall over and over. First high, then low, then from the side, Cutting down before rising up on over, Sandcastle could feel the pressure from the spire of water to his right. Everything was going perfectly. It's all yours, he called out. Even though he was sure the mic in his earpiece was already ruined, he pushed with all the strength he had left, shoving the tidal wave back and leaving Dude Nami suspended with just a trickle of water streaming behind his shining board high in the air. Sandcastle kept pushing, keeping the water away. Overhead, Dudenami called out, Norley! Then came the shrieks of icy wind. The temperature dropped, and suddenly the water wasn't driving against Sandcastle anymore. He looked up. The sisters were at work in the sky, blasting Dudenami from both sides while they circled him, looking like hummingbirds against the massive water elemental. Trails of snow followed them in the air. Dude, Nami hunched down on his board, his watery arms wrapped around his head. By the time he hit the wet ground behind Sandcastle's wall, he was only an outline inside an iceberg the size of one of the beach hotels. Aegis cleanup crews flew it by helicopter to Greenland, where it was buried in a glacier. That August, during the firestorm of Magnanimous at the North Pole, the glacier melted. Dudnami slipped free and rode his board south blasting the western shores of iceland and the eastern end of prince edward island he circled at the tropic of cancer then headed straight towards sunshine city with the rising sun few heroes had recuperated enough to stand against him this time it was origami the Onabogesha, that stopped dunami she stood on the beach alongside stancastle his body of liming sand bore glimmering scars from where flames had turned his body to glass. Origami shined her samurai armor, folding and refolding to buff out the black scorched marks that Magnanimous's volleys of lava had made. They watched the water recede, building to a mound on the horizon. I thought we had him last time, Sandcastle told her. Origami nodded. You did, but Magnanimous proved more powerful than anyone anticipated. We beat him then, Sandcastle said.
1: What's our plan now?
0: We'll know how to act when the time comes. She heard him grind his teeth, a sound like gravel. I like having a design in mind before we start. Origami folded her arms. What would you do? Sandcastle's shoulders made a scraping sound as he shrugged. I could build a wall again. That seemed to slow him down at least too bad all of these ice powers are tagged demon in the antarctic to rebuild the ice cap it's important work still they could lend us a couple to freeze him again would he fall for the same trap
1: maybe maybe not
0: the trick was getting him away from his wave it's hard to do anything to him with that much water behind him origami unfolded her arms and reached out to pinch a corner in the fabric of reality then i'll separate him from his wave make a wall ready to deal with whatever I leave behind. She pulled and the light in the air bent into a wavy sheet. Her other hand caught the bend and made a crease. Two more folds and she could see Dunami on top of his board. Formerly miles away, now only a few inches. Facing away from her, his watery locks flew out behind his bluish ears. Salty spray struck origami. She stepped through the creases and onto Dunami's board. The board rocked underneath them. Dudenami had his arm sticking out. The wind from the raging wave beneath him caused droplets of his blue body to trickle off. He turned his head back over his shoulder and laughed. Whoa! What up, Buttercup? Origami stood as tall as she could, still barely coming to Dudenami's knee. I've come to ask you to stop. She looked beyond him. The line of hotels glittered in the morning light. The beach was growing into a towering wall of dull brown and gray between them. Who? This guy again? Dudenami muttered. No worries. We just need to get a little higher. He leaned back and dropped into a crouch. The board's nose rose up, the water pressing underneath it. Origami slipped and had to grip the side of the board to stay on. You doing all right back there? Dudenami called. I bet you're going to try to wreck the party, but you're pretty chill, so I'm wondering what exactly you're going to do. Origami placed her hands on the hilt of her katana. I'll do what I must, dude Nami snorted. <gasps> Super chill, you No, know I'm made of water, right? Then he elbowed her in the nose to knock her off the board. Origami plunged into the swirling mass of water beneath them. Sea water forced its way into her pointed face mask and she choked. The world spun in flashes of blue and green. She squeezed her eyes shut and folded the water around her mouth, bringing bubbles together for a breath of air. She took it in and then coughed it back out. That would be enough for now. Origami reached toward her feet and folded again, falling through the crease into the air in front of Dunami. Then she folded a sliver of gravity, redirecting it above her head to levitate herself. The surfer's watery eyes went wide and his mouth fell open. He said something, but all Origami could hear was the roar of water. She grabbed air with one hand and twisted and redirected the gravity with her other, gliding and bending along a swath of space. Doodnami spun on his board, but the momentum carried him through. The rest of the tidal wave rode on momentum beneath the bend, crashing into Sandcastle's wall. Jets of spray shot high into the air and then they fell back onto the tussled ocean, thick and brown with churned up mud. You're really harshing me, he told her. Origami folded her arms, pulling gravity close. I protect the city, he scoffed. Whatever, those punks have no respect for the sea, man. Trashing up the beach, wrecking the view with their gunky hotels choking fish with plastic cups i'm gonna teach them they can't own the shore you have to live with it he climbed onto his board origami shook her head i cannot allow your methods it's happening babe he said with a shrug then he smiled surf's up the water trembled beneath his board and rose into a new tidal wave he soared into the air the force of the water threw origami backward stop origami yelled after him not in a million years origami sighed so be it she let go of gravity and let herself fall she somersaulted into a dive folding the space in front of her until she was again above dunami he didn't even see her before she tackled him off his board they fell together dunami squirmed in her grip she moved like a contortionist to grab his arm into a leg lock and free her hands to pinch the air it was a clumsy fold but she had an entire continent to aim for when they went through the fold antarctic cold slammed into her body even before the snow did they rolled through mounds of ice turning the whole world white her ears popped over and over in the world whirled around her somewhere along the spill origami lost her grip on dudnami She barely felt it with her body going numb. All she could do was force herself to breathe the biting air. When Origami's head stopped spinning, she forced herself to her feet. She unfolded the sleeves and legs of her armor to cover her bare skin. The warm sun of Florida was gone. It took a dozen more folds to add enough layers that she wouldn't die of exposure. Dude, Nami! She called. What a wipeout! He cried back. She stomped through the ice toward the sound of his voice. He was half buried in the snow, just one arm resting free on the surface beside his head. Frost was already growing in crystals in his translucent body. He pulled the snow into a ball in his hand. So? Origami folded her arms. So? So? I guess you're gonna leave me here to freeze up? Origami nodded. Bummer. Origami nodded again. Dude, Nami struggled against the ice, pulling his shoulder free, and he fell back and panted from the effort. Won't be here forever, you know. I know that. I'll get out someday, and then I'll show those posers the respect they should have. You don't have to do it this way, he laughed. <gasps> of course I do, babe. I'm a force of nature. Then he threw his snowball, a whole sudden blizzard, and the world turned white again. Digging herself out of the snow, Origami brushed the snow off her face mask and sleeves. Dudenami was struggling again, working to pull up his other shoulder. Origami watched him. Why not? Use your powers for good. Bring water to drought stricken lands. Dudenami stopped. He looked up at her with squinted eyes and a gaping mouth. And disrupt the balance. No way! I would never do th-, th-, th that He was shivering now. The frost on his body had thickened into ice. I'm sorry it's like this, Origami told him. Dude Nami smiled. You do what you gotta do. He let out a long sigh and lay back in the snow. See ya in a hundred years when all this m melts. Then he closed his eyes. Maybe be sooner. Origami turned and folded her way back to the beach. The tropical sun washed over her. She spread her arms to take it in, letting the frost on her angular armor evaporate in clouds of steam. Sandcastle was scratching at his glass scars. He looked up and put his hands at his sides. Where'd you take him? Antarctica. He gave an approving nod. That should do. For how long? Origami asked. She didn't wait for an answer. She just walked away, down the beach, dodging debris left in the sand. The end. For now?
1: This was the world premiere of Force of Nature. That was the title? Yes.
0: Force of Nature. Yeah. So we had a
1: lot of introductions in this
0: episode, in this show. Yeah. Bleh.
1: In this story. Someone wanted to make their mark on our universe, it seems. (laughs) Yeah. They added
0: a whole city. So Sunshine City's a place now.
1: Yeah. We've been real loose with the geography in our world. City, like, making places. Yeah. We've just been kind of vague on a... At least I have on a lot of my locations have been like, well, it's a forest. it's <laughs> space, but we get a uh, Sunshine City which I think it's in Florida and I think that's an
0: actual oh, is it like, a real place. city? Oh, it's a nickname for a real place. Uh, okay but yeah, St. Petersburg, Florida is nicknamed Sunshine City. Mm. Then we get some we get one old character for sure, Sand castle are any of the others
1: ones we've talked about is ours yeah is that real you joking with me
0: no i thought that was from the villains episode this is a hero though
1: right oh it was uh it was the silver one they're not the silver the aqua fortis oh yeah it okay. had like
0: they like a water
1: it had like sandcastle bits in it at some point or something
0: okay okay
1: i was like i know what you're talking about but i they're a villain first yeah
0: this is a whole new set of characters then
1: they have like a piece of the sand castle in them or something yeah whereas this is a sand sand guy Uh, i was about to say sandman but then we would be in a legal dispute (laughs) with marvel comics
0: again yeah after that sword episode and with the timing it sounds like Maybe the story started right before Amy takes off, and then this is all happening during the three-year absence.
1: Yeah, I was unsure if it was. It seemed to be pointing to that, but it wasn't. Uh, nothing in the text definitively said that was the reason right. for Amy being gone. But yeah, but yeah, yeah uh, dude, Nami, dude, the villain of the I story. I believe it's dude, Nami, dude, Nami. Sorry, so that it's more like tsunami. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, dude, bad dude, Nami is like awesome. a, a water. Elemental, yeah, which I thought was really cool. The rides a surfboard and can control the water, so that's like easy mode on surfing. Because <laughs> you're both making
0: your own waves and are the wave. Yeah, you control totally. the waves. Yeah.
1: So it's surfing without the the effort of trying to find a wave to surf on and all that.
0: If he ever gives up environmental terrorism, he could always go work down at the Oklahoma City Boathouse, go make waves for people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah we got like a surfer dude
0: i really got some how the good guy from moa
1: moana moana the rock yeah his character i haven't seen it if you're waiting for a name i'm i'm not gonna be the one to give it to you (laughs) no i'm i was looking for it i think it's maui
0: m-a-u-i i just got some sort of some vibes like that character
1: yeah for some reason i imagined not. Supported by the text, but I just imagine him in like the shape of a shark man, <laughs> like a street shark.
0: Oh, <laughs> but he seems pretty cool, and like any good villain, does seem a little like I can kind of see his point of view on why he does his things.
1: Yeah, somewhat. Yeah. So, what did you think when after the first match? So, so the first matchup we had Sandcastle, and then who we haven't talked about, icing and frosting. Yeah. <laughs> they seem
0: pretty cool. Yeah. Like, sort of frost elementals, or... People with frost like powers. They like they could just fly around. Yeah. They're sisters.
1: Yeah. Seems like they usually work together.
0: Yeah. So they seem pretty cool. Yeah. So they freeze him, take him to Antarctica. No, they take him to the North then... Pole,
1: or Greenland, near the North Pole. Because then Magmanimus... <laughs> <laughs> a mouthful of a name. Good luck reading that, Magmanimus. Oh, it takes what so he takes. <laughs> but uh, well, what did you think about that? The, they just like iced him <laughs> and just like <laughs> left him inside. Like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this is what it we're gonna Kind it works. <laughs> I feel like, I was like, dang, like, this is cruel.
0: <laughs> apparently, it didn't hurt him. I wonder if he's awake during that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it, he's like fully made out of water. He's not like a physical person inside with water powers that's completely made out of water. Yeah, he's not as silent but deadly
0: with like a human form. Yeah.
1: So I wonder if he like kind of became like if he was just like it did seem he was frozen apart from the ice because he was there was like his silhouette in the ice. So it's not like he became the ice. Right. So yeah, I wonder if it slowed down and like, you know, if it kind of like froze his thoughts or if he was just like sitting there like, hmm. Hmm. you guys will see i'll get out of here well, this isn't my favorite <laughs> <laughs> but yeah uh we don't get too much on magmanimus but uh we get a little bit about like it seemed to be like a fiery lava type person and they were like terrorizing the north pole <laughs> and yeah. i think it mentions like one of their attacks later on in the story like a lava lance or something it's down where it's talking about uh dude nami was scarred up by oh yeah or was it Sandcastle? Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, up. sorry. Uh, I just used the wrong name. Sandcastle has got like glass scars, which is really cool. Yeah. So Sandcastle can control sand. I guess we didn't talk too much about them. Is also like dunami. They don't they aren't a part of the sand they're controlling. Their their body seems to be this one bit inside of the stuff they're controlling. Yeah. Cause, cause just... otherwise it would seem like you would refresh the the sand. Yeah. But it, it it's not refreshed. It has some glass, like burnt up sand, glass bits. But it
0: seems like they can control huge swaths of sand since they're able to make a seawall.
1: Yeah, like an earthbender. But also their earth. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, I guess it doesn't say like lava lance or anything. It says Magmanimus's volleys of lava had made. So what do you think that was about? The, that that firestorm that Magmanimus made up at the North Pole?
0: Well, I was wondering about that because is that where we put the robots?
1: No, they were down south. They were in Antarctica. Okay,
0: I don't know. There's got to be something up there. But all the ice heroes are up at the North Pole refreezing the caps.
1: So uh, I wonder if, like, this seems like a little, not quite a maybe event level, but uh, a big event in the fight at least. Maybe a full event, I don't know. But uh, what about Magmanimus created a North Pole volcano?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they were going to try to, like, flood most of the world. Yeah, start at the top. Like, advanced global warming.
1: I will tap this volcano down into Earth's core and suck out all the lava and create a new face for Earth.
0: Yeah, I think that'd be a pretty cool, like,
1: mini-event. Yeah, just, like, oozing out on the top. Firestorm. Yeah, and yeah. I guess... we cover every other character? I guess that leads us to uh Origami. Sure
0: it's not Origami? <laughs> as I wrote it in the notes? No, Origami is really cool.
1: Yeah. They've got, like, a... Uh, Reality folding power, yeah, that was so cool.
0: They just fold like their armor to whatever shape or whatever like thing they need necessarily at the time. Yeah, and they were like folding in and out to like make little portals.
1: Yeah, they were like pop themselves folding space. I think (laughs) folding space to create portals and folding gravity in the air to lift things up and everything. Yeah, it was very strange. I like it.
0: Yeah. It reminded me slightly of the character from the anime we just watched.
1: Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Oh, the superhero <laughs> one. Tiger and Bunny.
0: Yeah, no. Shoot.
1: Trigun. Oh. Shoot, Trigun. <laughs> Do you mean
0: go. Bo- My Boku Hero no Hero Academia. Hero Academia? That's the one. But there's like one of the top level characters who can be flat and they're like a ninja and they just like appear in weird ways. Mm. But this character is much cooler. <laughs>
1: Yeah, she's just like pinching and folding reality. And they're a special
0: type of Japanese nobility warrior, Ona Bujisha?
1: I think it's Bugesha. Oh, that makes sense. Ona Bugeisha, which translates literally to female martial artist, huh. according to Wikipedia at
0: least. There's a lot of cool pictures if you Google that word.
1: Yeah, kind of simplified to uh, women samurai.
0: Yeah lady warriors yeah one thought i had during the story it didn't talk about it but i wondered if her armor is just paper that she's folded so many times oh, that yeah. it's like impossibly strong yeah i thought we had a really good discussion between origami and Dunami as he's freezing in the snow yeah about like want to do your powers are good but it's force of nature
1: yeah he also it seems like he has, like, so he obviously can't control ice, or if he can, he can't because he's frozen or something, but he has, like, a little bit of control while it's snow, because <laughs> right. when he throws a snowball, a whole sudden blizzard, <laughs> so it's, like, <laughs> creates a wave of snow.
0: Sort of makes me think. We have a lot of elemental heroes. I wonder if, should there be an event with elemental heroes kind of turning against the earth, if they'd kind of fall in with them?
1: Mm. I don't know.
0: So that could be kind of interesting.
1: Part of what made me think earlier, uh, they talked about the frost heroes being up at the North Pole, refreezing the ice cap, basically. So it made me wonder, like, I wonder if there's global warming is less of a thing here. <laughs> <laughs> they fixed
0: global warming. Yeah. They're allowed to keep doing bad things environmentally
1: because they fixed it. Yeah, because he, he, like, kind of hints that global warming is what will let them out. But, uh, yeah. I don't know. It made me think of a thing I hadn't thought of yet. Can we be more reckless with their pollution if we could just <laughs> <laughs> refreeze the polarized calves there once in a while?
0: Even though there are so many elemental heroes and so many advances in technology, there's also supervillains and heroes that are like pollution based. So maybe it's it's very similar Yeah. as far as level. I'm Toxic Waste Man here to help the day. Oh, please don't. <laughs> Please, you're, you're fine.
1: But yeah. Yeah. So which character do you plan on using first? Oh,
0: man. <laughs> I think I'd like to bring Origami in more. I don't know if I'll use them first, but I think they'd be pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. Sandcastle seems pretty good. Yeah. Sandcastle went up to the North Pole, but it seems... Sandcastle seems... Sandcastle is there every time, just sitting on the beach, like, right for... <laughs> like, that's the thing. Uh, uh, They just kind of, like, I guess dude nami would kind of make uh like be able to be seen from satellites or something creating a like weather disturbance basically on the ocean so they have like advanced preparation kind of like a hurricane (laughs) like all right we got this uh anomaly wave coming but uh sandcastle was there each time i don't know it doesn't it doesn't mention that he was there with amy but i assume i'm just gonna assume that sandcastle was there because that seems like sandcastle's thing
0: yeah he's just the defender of the florida coastline yeah he goes to like different beaches (laughs) maybe there's other beach based heroes like i hate going up to the the jersey shore area their heroes are so annoying
1: i use him or uh origami seems like my wheelhouse
0: yeah Icing and Frost, for the moment, seemed just like a good utility hero to have in the back.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good addition to our role. Yeah,
0: I was kind of worried about opening up this kind of contest with a wider audience, but I felt like it. we got a really good result. Yeah. But I feel like we should try it again
1: next year. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, since this is sort of our last of 2018. Yeah, it is. Do you have anything you're thinking about doing for 2019 on the show?
1: Probably just like weird experimental pieces, like 15 minutes of me just breathing into the microphone. (laughs) So just like all the bits of my audio you have to cut? Yeah. Or like writing 10 different stories that are 10 pages each and putting them all into a bag and then pulling out 10 pages (laughs) total and throwing the rest away. And that being the story. Just make 10 different stories. Nope. (laughs) Well, I would make oh. ten different stories, but it would all come together as one thing. Oh, yeah. No, we already have a weird winter planned out. Yeah, we do.
0: Speaking of unorthodox, I forgot that I wrote down some little bits.
1: Well, this is very unorthodox to bring out little bits now. I know. I just forgot that I didn't put them in my show notes.
0: do 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 do. Little bits. Daniel's little bits. I just wanted to. I know we just did the Christmas special. So I wanted to see if we can get a final ruling on Wrecker's hands. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because re-listening to the Christmas special, we had so many theories (laughs) about how they work. He seems
1: to be able to launch them.
0: Yeah. So there's some sort of muscle bone membrane.
1: Yeah. I mean, I like the idea that the hands are kind of beefy. But he can, like, if he clenches them, they, like, harden. Yeah. Because that seems the most useful from... uh... (laughs) from an actual perspective so are the fingers
0: banana fingers that curl up into a ball or are they just beefy hands that make big fists and are just not very dexterous
1: i don't know i was just imagining a more realistic take on it probably just like actual hand like oh, okay. kind of normal-ish hands like, he's kind of a beefy guy anyway, so yeah. a little beefier than is how I saw it actually playing out, but I don't know how silly you wanted to be with the character.
0: Okay. I mean, it's a pretty silly character, so
1: so maybe just, just big old hands. That seems pretty good.
0: Another piece of little bit, the Rue we've talked about a little bit, the Guardian Garth mm-hmm. and now Red Mike yeah. race. I was just going to a little bit that maybe they're a much more common race out in space. Because maybe it's very common to have them being used as workers in, like, intense locations. Um, Oh, and I guess they showed up in one of the other Interstellar episodes. But, yeah, so I was just going to just throw out there that maybe they're not, like, wholly on one planet. They're more spread out throughout the universe.
1: Oh, yeah, and a thing I added to my story, my Battle Maiden story that we didn't talk about because I didn't have it in my story when we were talking about them, Uh, Battle (laughs) Matron what do you think of that? Oh. Battle Maiden's uh, mentor. The loss of her mentor, Battle Matron. Oh, this is where I made up a city. The destruction of Star Coast. So those are two things that we didn't talk about in my story that are quite large. Oh, okay. So Star Coast is a city. Star Coast was the city I made up. It's okay. also a coastal city.
0: <laughs> oh, and that's all you say about her is that she lost Battle Matron. Yeah. Okay. Man. Need to build up some Battle Matron. Yeah. Now. Huh. Cool. Two short notes. I thought, just as a colloquial thing, that maybe capes are public supers, so people that just publicly are registered and maybe publicly do superheroic things, and then masks would be vigilantes that are maybe private and aren't registered. Mm. So, something to play with there. Yeah, that was my little bit that I didn't get in.
1: And and I did want to say, I've thought about it more since then, oh. Um, back in our spell squadron world building episode i i was against the idea of a fairy king because it seemed like it needed a lot of attachment to it in order for it to be a thing i'm okay with it now (laughs) it felt like a large add-on to the universe at the time it was proposed and now it (laughs) seemed at now as the universe is larger it doesn't seem as large so so it seems fine for it to be a thing
0: so now the joke should be that the fairy kingdom is really tiny (laughs) It's, like, less than, like, the size of a city or something. Cool. Um, do you have any recommendations for this week? Go watch
1: Legend of the Galactic Heroes. That's all.
0: <laughs> and then talk about it in our Discord. Or
1: don't. No spoilers. <laughs> oh, I
0: I was just going to recommend one last job, the RPG we played for the Christmas special. So go check them out. That was a pretty good game.
1: Yeah. I like the, the system. Yeah. That was exactly what I had in mind for that type of thing behind the scenes i was uh trying to make it work with fiasco but it seemed like it was uh like forcing fiasco into a box to play fiasco like that and then i thought about using uh follow uh, an rpg by the the guy that did the microscope game i thought about using that because that has a heist thing but it was also it would have also been forcing it into a kind of box because those Those work a little more freeform. You're kind of creating the stuff as you go. And I had a scenario set up, and that wouldn't have really been the same. But that's a very good game. And I go listen to the episodes in one shot where they use that uh, RPG, the One Last Job RPG, in order to be their magicians going to North Korea. They're like stage magicians. (laughs) And there's also she's a super geek that's a an actual play podcast in which they use one last job to uh and they're all magical girls doing one last magical girl job it's like episodes eight nine and ten is one last job one two and three and they play a magical girls like a group of magical girls that have like broken up and they've got to come back together, Ooh. like Warriors of Light come back together and defeat the evil once more. That yeah, that one cool. was really fun. I think I enjoyed that one, I don't know, more than the Magician's one. The Magician one was also good. It was a lot more silly the Magician's one. Yeah. Yeah. But both were very good. Yeah. So yeah, happy 2018. Or if it was not so happy, here comes 2019. Hope it's better.
0: Like an oncoming train. Just don't stare too long at it
1: coming out. Yeah. At you. But uh, good luck and have fun, and we'll see you in another week, aka next year.
0: Our show art is by Lisa Prather for Instagram's Instagram.com slash Lisa art or Lisa Our email's double issue show at gmail.com. We're on
1: Twitter. I'm on Twitter. Daniel's on Twitter. You got a whole trilogy at Guerre. At Quentin Pongratz, and at Double Issue Show. We got website,
0: Facebook, WordPress, Discord.
1: Come chat with us. Or don't.
0: And then which license are we under? Are we under CCBY 3.0? Creative
1: Commons by Attribution Share Alike. I don't know what the... Okay. We want people to cite us if they use us, and we want people to, whatever they create with anything we create, also share it in the same manner. So make sure we get some credit and make sure you're as equally sharing as us and you're free to do all that. Make a, make a short film, make a movie, I guess. (laughs) You can make a movie with all this stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening.
1: Or not. (laughs) Gotti. All right. Goodbye. Bye.
0: Music this week was Free Harmonics by the Free Harmonics Orchestra. Pet Record by Midair Machine. Only our footsteps in the sands, 165 and three quarters, also by midair machine, origami by Graham Bowl. These songs were from the Free Music Archive. Also this week, Surf Shimmy, Riptide, and Jimo Number One by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech. Songs were used under Creative Commons license. For full links to all the songs and sound effects we use in this episode, see our show description.
1: This is such a weird thing. Which one? Like, on Discord. It oh. just says she's listening to Spotify, and I can see at what second in Fences by Paramore she's on. Oh. This seems way too personal. <laughs> oh, that just seems really weird. This seems like I could wait until it gets to a second, and then just start singing the lines <laughs> in chat. <laughs> seems re- could you sync it up? Could you just say, play me what they're playing? Okay. It's actually on 133. <laughs>
0: it's going to play this it back there. This is here. weird.
1: I've synced up my music. That's too weird.